Toasties. I'm Missy, here with my bestie, Johnsy. Hey, y'all. <laughs> She's delayed because she can't really hear me. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> but we're going to do the best we can right now. I'm trying to, like, be loud in the mic, but not too loud. It'll get edited later. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I guess we'll just dive into it. <laughs> we'll just get... Get past the crazies and dive into it since we can't have too much talk right now because you can't hear me. No, I can't at all. Well, you can. What's going on? You can hear me, just not very well. No. Stop touching things. Okay, I'm stopping touching things. (laughs) We. I was testing. We're we were having some bad shenanigans a second ago. So, what are you drinking? All right, but we're. Tank Dog Hazy Imperial IPA by New Realm. It's not terrible. I mean, I'd probably give it a six. I might would buy it again, see if it sits on me. But it's a 9.6, which I don't feel is all there. But the the can's really cool. Oh, it's cute. What you got over there? Malibu and Coke. Well, that's always a good decision. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what I had. Always a good decision. What are we talking about today? So, as much as I said, I when we started this podcast, I never wanted to have this discussion. Like, I didn't want to bring him up as a topic. Like, I just, it's overdone. It's talked about way too much. But we are fucking talking about fucking Ted Bundy. Nasty man. Um, Yeah. But this time, instead of the crimes, I decided to take a different take on it and dive into the the psyche of Ted Bundy, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I did a lot of research. So I made up my own conclusion at the end. Keep in mind, again, I'm not a psychologist. And I don't have any degree in psychology, but this was very interesting to delve through and kind of like pick him apart. Like, like it felt good to pick him apart. I was gonna say, how'd that feel? That felt really good. I was like, okay, like I felt some kind of like vengeance towards him for picking him apart. So, I mean, I've always loved you know, kind of studying crime and everything and whatnot. And Ted has always piqued my interest, even at a young age. And I at, read the Anne Rule book very, at a very young age, um, The Stranger Beside Me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I used a lot of this, too, in my study. But overall, it was it was pretty satisfying. I was a little just disturbed about how satisfying it was for myself. But. <laughs> Oh, that's nice. Shall we get into the story? Let's get into it. I'm excited to hear this, the take on this. I mean, that's something that definitely also has been very piqued in my interest of Ted Bundy. Obviously, like you said, like everything um, he's talked about all the time. He's the, I mean, there's documentaries, movies, TV shows, all the things about Mr. Ted. Mm -hmm. And no, he's not attractive ladies. So please get that out your damn heads. He's ugly as fuck. Um, Yeah. I don't even care even for like the time of the years that he was alive. Yeah, ugly as fuck. 
Um, so, but he did have a, I guess, charisma to him that he used to his, he had a charm, he had a charm, a charisma. And so to get into this, uh, psyche of it is I'm, I'm intrigued, please. I'm looking forward to this one a lot. I'm also kind of interested as to how you take it too, as well as if, if like you agree with me or disagree with me, because again, this is my own educated opinion, right? This is not like facts and you don't hear a whole lot about why did Ted Bundy kill? No, you only hear about the crimes that he did and not to take away anything from his victims and anything like that. But I don't know if he was the right person to lead the way for all the education of psychology that it did lead up to, if that makes sense. Yeah. But we'll go on ahead and start. I'll, I'll try to make this quick because I went in a little bit way too much, but <laughs> uh, Theodore Robert Cow was born November 24th, 1946. And on January 24th, as we all know, in 1989, he was electrocuted by the Florida state judicial system. And he was a American serial killer who kidnapped, raped, and murdered multiple young women during the 1970s after more than decades of denials. Because mm. remember, he went on saying that he did not do these crimes. He represented himself saying he did not do these mm -hmm. crimes. He was not guilty. He ended up confessing to committing 30 murders in seven states between 1974 and 1978. Mm-hmm. But of course, this wasn't this was only to benefit himself, and it was bargaining his death sentence. It was in his own mind that he saw himself of important enough value to be studied that it would save him from his impending death. And of course, y'all know this man is Ted Bundy. And he got Bundy by the name of his stepfather. But he is, was born as Theodore Cow. So just to give you a little bit of backstory about Mr. Bundy. He was born at a home for unwed mothers in Burlington, Vermont. And he basically remained there for two months after his birth. Um, basically, his mom said that she didn't want him. Hmm. He was a bastard. At that time, it didn't look good. But his mother, who's known as Louise, um, her father, Sam Cow, he wanted the baby. He wanted the baby to come home and join them in Philadelphia, which is where they were from. So two minutes later, Louise does bring baby Ted home. And for the most part, he was a very happy, intelligent child. And he was well taken care of and said to have a good relationship with his grandfather. Though I can say I did read a lot that his grandfather could have quite the temper at times. Mm -hmm. So there's also a whole nother conversation to that. But Ted, for the most of his young life, was raised believing his mother was actually his sister. I did hear that before, that that was a thing. Mm-hmm. And it created a 
this like rumor saying that his grandfather was his father and all this other kind of shit. And I don't believe that as to be true after the research. I never actually believed it, but even more so after the research, I still don't believe it. But it wasn't until he was a little bit older and starting to put two and two together, as most people would, that he realized Louise was indeed his mother. Now, according to Dr. Carlisle, who was the first clinical psychologist to actually examine Ted Bundy, um, he said that Ted had found his birth certificate in old trunk at the age of 13. And in the spot where it said father, it said unknown. Now, that's according to Dr. Carlisle. And that's according to mm -hmm. Ted Bundy's statement that he had told Carlisle. Um, so that's how he found out he was illegitimate. However, if you go back and read Anne Rule's book, um, she presented a different story. She said that Ted came to discover his birth certificate as an adult and that he had traveled to the place where he was born in Burlington, Vermont, only to find a copy of the birth certificate. And the word illegitimate was stamped on his birth certificate. Mm -hmm. And a man named Lloyd Marshall, a salesman and Air Force veteran, born in 1916, was listed as his father. I'm not saying that Anne's a liar, but I am saying that Bundy's a liar. So whatever he told her, because I don't know if anybody has ever read the books, but Anne Rule yeah. and Ted Bundy were actually close together. And he had yeah. given her a lot of stories, but he also liked to lie and manipulate. So I don't really know what's true. There was a lot of rumors around this um, as to how he found out that he was illegitimate. But basically, hmm. it bothered him mm -hmm. enough to lie about it. But his mom did um, only ever claim that it was a sailor who had impregnated her and said that little be else beyond that. Um, and she ever never actually claimed hmm. to be Ted's mother. Even when she went on to her own marriages and took her, took, sorry, took him with her, um, she never actually said that this was her child, so which is like, odd. Oh, yeah, this is my brother, and I just happened to take care of him. I don't know what she actually claimed personally. Um, it was never kind of identified in my research notes. Um, but to this day, nobody really knows Ted's no. true paternity results. It's just something that, like, is no, it's probably because nobody wants clear and a miss. I mean, I wouldn't. I'd be exactly. like, I don't know, not my um, family, <laughs> no, <laughs> and not my kid. <laughs> Got Murray on the side. You that is are the, the father. No one. That ain't not. my baby. <laughs> no. 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 Um. So. If you've watched any interviews with Ted Bundy at all, 
he plays it off as a nonchalant thing. And I'll get into his interviews a little bit later, but um, Mm -hmm. he's very manipulative. What he actually says is not what he actually feels. And uh, Ted seemed to view that the fact that he didn't know who his father was as significant like it would it didn't bother him at all but it did and as an adult ted seemed intent on painting an idyllic picture of his childhood Mm -hmm. and that's why i'm saying it did and again this is my own educated opinion but he told death row interviewers that he spent his youth engaging in total normal activities, playing football with classmates. He went fishing with friends and catching frogs. Um, but on the other hand, when the Netflix special was about to be re- released and childhood friends were interviewed, they said that Ted was bullied for a speech impediment as a child and as a teen, he wanted to I be heard something about that, that too, he was a bullying for the speech impediment. He had like a stutter mm-hmm. or a stammer or something like that. Am I, am I remembering that correctly? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yes, he did. But it's 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 not a big thing. Um but Ted did always hold to his inventive narrative as he said that like it wasn't a big deal. Um, and quote unquote, he said, there's nothing in my background, which would lead one to believe that I was capable of committing murder. How many people are in fact find out that I, that they are illegitimate or even adopted at a later age? It's normal. End quote. I mean, he said that in an interview as if it didn't bother him. Mm. And he lies a lot in his interviews, especially on death row, just to, um, I think, manip- again, manipulates the situation and so he can keep himself talk- talking and bargaining more time. Because this man was very I mean, fearful as of most death. people are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do believe Ted just not, it, like, he, he did manipulate others, absolutely. Like, that's hands down. You can't deny that. But you can argue this, and I do believe he manipulated himself as well. And this will come off as a little no, confusing. No, that to You'll me makes a lot of sense. I could see exactly what you're saying there. Because you know a lot about Ted. But it was important to Ted that others see him as a value <laughs> and somewhat normal. Because if he convinced others that he was normal and that he was just haunted, then he he himself could believe he was a good person at Mm. one point in time worth living. So he's trying to convince others. And as you know, most serial killers, you do not see any slight of empathy. However, if you watch any of Ted's interviews, you can see a slight of empathy. I'm going to have to go back and watch them. And he acts as if he does. Now that you point that out, I want to definitely go back and do. I want to go back They're and very watch those again. And I've never really picked that picked that up with with him. Any empathy? Yeah, no. He, um, I'm not saying that he has it. I'm and saying that it's. There. I've never 
because I just never noticed it before. I I don't think I would even see it being there slightly. But now I'm going to go back and I'm going to actually really pay attention. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was basically him trying to convince uh, that it wasn't him who committed these awful acts. But it was this entity, as he called it, um, that took control of him and forced him okay. into submission. And he believed he was just as much of a victim as the women, unfortunately, that he defiled. Like, he truly, honestly believed that. Like, you can tell when he's talking about it. He mm. was a victim. And we'll get into that, too. So, of course, as we know, when you see that kind of characteristic, that is a narcissistic trait. And as for y'all toasties, narcissism is a self-centered personality styled, characterized as an excessive preoccupation with oneself and one's own need. And it's often at the expense of others. Now, narcissism is normal. All of us have some kind mm -hmm. of narcissistic trait. However, high levels of narcissistic behavior can be damaging and self-defeating. And destructive narcissism is the constant behavior of a few of the intense characteristics usually associated with pathological narcissistic personality disorder, which you don't hear a whole lot about. A lot of people that... Um, should be diagnosed with it actually don't because they don't see it as a problem because mm -hmm. it exactly and then in this case it is a problem but it is characterized by feelings of entitlement and superiority arrogant or even haughty behaviors and it is basically generalized by a lack of empathy and concern for others. Now, I can see that's a little confusing because I just went back and said that mm -hmm. Ted showed signs of empathy. But I said he acted as if he did. And he used it as a tool to manipulate others. Gotcha. He knew what he yeah. was okay. doing. But here's where it gets interesting, and this is the way I saw it. And it wasn't just to manipulate the others around him, but himself as well. Because what other way to be more convincing if you mm -hmm. believe the lie that you're telling? So mm -hmm. he was manipulating himself and training his own brain to believe these lies so that he would yeah. come off as more convincing. Now, as most of us know, Ted was very intelligent, extremely intelligent, actually. Um, he did uh, attend multiple schools as an undergraduate student, including the university. And I'm sorry, the pungent sound. <laughs> That's the only way I can read that. Um, the Temple of University and the University of Washington. And being a part of so many different campuses, communities gave him, again, the ample opportunity 
and the chance to study the habits and vulnerabilities of the female co-eds that he was around. So this was like a win-win situation. Now, this is an interesting fact. He did initially want to major in Chinese and urban planning. What? So, yeah. So there is a different side to Ted. Okay. Chinese, though, that's just like very mm-hmm. left field and urban planning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you watch a lot of his, again, going back to his interviews, if you watch a lot of them, he is very yeah, he is. out of left field. Like some things don't make sense. Like it's hard to connect the dots. And even Dr. Carlisle, who you'll hear me mention a lot, um, mm-hmm. was thrown off at first. He didn't know how to connect the dots because Ted kept mm. you guessing. Mm-hmm. He knew how to manipulate the situation because even though he didn't go with that um, that study, he did ultimately mm. settle on psychology. Wonder why? Because mm-hmm. a lot of us know Ted as he studied law. Yeah, but he did, I did know study that he did psychology, psychology first, and he, there's a re- there was a reason behind mm-hmm. it. Yes, absolutely. I don't. I now. I don't believe that that this was his reason behind it. I think ultimately he was interested in it because I think he had his own problems, and that's why. And I think ultimately he got too disturbed in himself and what he found in psychology that, that he decided to sense. switch. But in 1972, he graduated with a psychology degree from the University of Washington. And this is surprising. I I was very surprised when I found this, but one professor felt so positively about Ted's time in the department that when writing a recommendation for law school, he said, I regret Mr. Bundy's decision to pursue a career in law rather than to continue his professional training in psychology. Our loss is your gain, end quote. So, again, he has a brilliant mind. He knows how the mind works. And I think it ultimately, I think it freaked Ted out. Yeah, because then he could see how his mind is developing. Now, when Ted began claiming lives, his psychology studies might have provided him with some insight as how to manipulate people, of course, uh, such as, you know, him putting on a fake cast or using crutches and asking women to help him playing on their natural Mm -hmm. sympathies, as we know. And he also understood that most people would obey authority figures, so he would sometimes Mm -hmm. pretend to be a police officer. But Ted ultimately wanted to go to a prestigious law school, and I believe this was not due to the quality of the education, but more so to how people would perceive him. It had nothing to do with education. He wanted people to look at him differently because he went to, Mm -hmm. I don't know, Harvard, per se. 
but he wasn't accepted to any of his top choices. So instead, unhappily, in September of 1973, he began taking night classes. And Ted would begin skipping the night classes as he was busy killing. Mm. 1974, he began studying at the University of Utah School of Law. He'd been admitted in part of because of recommenda- recommendation letters from college professor and also from the governor of Washington, whose reelection campaign he worked on. And that's how um, Ted actually made a lot of leeway with his law studies was mm-hmm. working on this campaign. Like it was a huge ordeal for him and he was. It was the one thing, if anything, you saw any kind of, like, passion in him. Like, he was dead set and determined with that campaign. Mm -hmm. But that's in Washington. So, soon women in Utah and Colorado began to disappear. Because he was smart enough to know not exactly in Washington. Let's go around it. Because he had a girlfriend at the time. They liked to go skiing. So, yeah, went to Utah and Colorado. And he did kill some of his victims very quickly, but he kept others alive for days just to <sighs> repeatedly rape. Disgusting. And act out. Yep. Fantasies. Disgusting. And some of them even after, yeah, some of them even after a victim had died he would engage in acts of necrophilia. Um, And many times he would hack off their heads and temporarily keep them as trophies. But on the other hand, this is where it's odd. um, He took time to apply makeup and wash their hair before disposing of the corpse. So keep that in mind. Of needless to say, his time of killing was very time consuming. So he didn't have any time mm-hmm. for any of his law classes. Oh, yeah. um, however, he did continue to do, a, you know, pretty well on exams. So he was genuinely just yeah, an intelligent person. Like, he got this. Like, he... He had a common sense when it came to not just like streets, but um, to the mind and the studies of law, which both of those together are very dangerous. Um, And he continued to live this lifestyle until August of 1975, when a police officer finally stopped him and Ted's vehicle was found to contain a ski mask ice pick and handcuffs now this was alarming because at the time carol deranch had reported that somebody had attempted to kidnap her in 1974 and ted had always denied it it wasn't him it wasn't him 
So when he was pulled over for this, and granted, it was his car. Yeah, he he had a pretty unique car at the time. Did he um, have a bug? Yeah, it was bug, hard to say. But like the seats were yeah. missing. He had a, a Volkswagen bug. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the front passenger seat was missing. Um, yeah. Also, it was yellow. Um, not many of those, but he couldn't really fight this. Like, he was pinpointed. This was him. She gave a perfect description of him, his car, and then he's pulled over with these things in his car. It's a little suspicious. Don't be suspicious. So. (laughs) 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 Of course, he called her a liar. And he continued his legal studies to um, Mm -hmm. uphold her as a liar, we'll say. But ultimately, in 1976, he was convicted of kidnapping. And this is what started to bring this man downhill. This was his first, basically, conviction. Um, Before then, nobody knew of his murders or anything like that. This kind of linked everything together. It was kind of like, okay, well, we've had this case with this and this such description. And it all started to add up. But this is what started it all. So, before Ted's conviction, Dr. Carlo, whom I mentioned earlier, he was assigned to Ted's case by a judge. Dr. Carlo had developed the theory of how serial killers could camouflage with society. And remember, this is the 70s. That's that's way ahead of time. It's pretty advanced. Um, And, of course, I I watch documentaries on Dr. Carlo. I did my own research on him. Extremely intelligent man, much more so oh, than Ted. He had Bundy. a match, um, but the judge needed an evaluation of Ted, and basically just to determine if he was capable of such crimes. Because you want to put this man behind bars if you don't think he's capable of it. Because remember, it's the seventies. We don't have any DNA or that. We're and this seems wrong, but we're basing this on an evaluation on his psychology to see if he did this or not. But in Dr. Carlyle's first evaluation, which was, it was a 90 day evaluation. um, When he first met Ted, Ted was very cheerful, um, very confident and almost excited Hmm. to some point, but he ultimately assumed the outcome. Because he could con the best. He knew what he was doing. However, like I said before, Dr. Carlisle was different. He was extremely intelligent. And he had started the 90-day evaluation with an IQ test. And Ted scored 122, which is in the superior range. But it is not the highest for Ted. So... Take that as you will. It kind of Play seems dumb. like he's trying to, it, yeah, test the situation his own. Mm-hmm. Now, Carlisle also gave him a personality test, and Ted scored low. His test results measured levels of anger, hmm. depression, and anxiety, but somehow it did not show any levels of an emotional problem. 
So this is when Dr. Kylo starts to catch on and realize well, this motherfucker's fucking well, with me. Well, being that He's Ted testing. has a psychology degree, he knows these tests. Mm-hmm. So he knows yes, exactly. exactly how to play them. Exactly. Don't show him how smart I am mm-hmm. and let's not show him all the parts he needs to know about me. Correct. Yep. And thankfully, Dr. Carlisle was much smarter and he caught on quickly to Ted's deception. And he realized that Ted was attempting to manipulate the test scores Mm -hmm. and deceive the courts. So Dr. Carlisle made things personal. Over the next three weeks, Dr. Carlisle took the time to interview many of Ted's family, friends, and previous Mm. girlfriends. So his reasoning behind this was hoping to pinpoint when in Ted's history, his Mm -hmm. personality shifted. Because he could already tell that something Mm -hmm. was amiss. And... Depending on whom Carlo was speaking with, some had said that Ted was an outstanding guy. He would never commit The typical you know, saying that some crimes. people have about serial killers. Oh, they were fantastic. I've never would have expected that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're lying. This, mm-hmm. They couldn't have done that. There's no way. But he did get, on the other hand, speaking hmm. with past girlfriends. Some disclosed that he enjoyed seeing them frightened, um, that he would lie a lot. And this is weird. He would pop up in random locations wherever they were. That's weird. So it wasn't until Dr. Carlo spoke with Diane Edwards, and this is Ted's first girlfriend, that he actually made the connection from that kind of stand up kind of guy that everybody was talking about to why Ted killed and what triggered it. So, as we know, people often internalize breakups and most of the time it is Mm -hmm. in unhealthy manners. But what happens when you mix run-of-the-mill emotional angst with the psychotic tendencies of a serial killer? That's a different situation. For Ted, he obsessed over the relationship. It was his first ever, and what bothered him more than ever was its ending. He allowed it to have a lasting effect on his self-esteem and responded to it with some pretty spiteful actions. So, and the Netflix docuseries Conversations with a Killer, the Ted Bundy tapes, which I know everybody's mostly seen. It did show never-before-seen interview tapes of Ted. And one of these interviews, Ted would discuss his relationship with Diane Edwards. So, the relationship I had with Diane was a lasting impact on me. And he went on to describe her attributes in most typical Ted Bundy fashion by focusing on her superficial ones, but... He said, she's a beautiful dresser, beautiful girl, very personable, nice car, great parents, 
So, you know, for the first time, girlfriend really wasn't that bad. Really wasn't that bad. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Because it was how people perceived him. He had that all-American girlfriend. Yeah, but you end it with a really not all that bad. But. Mm -hmm. Like it didn't bother him. Yeah, I'm going to because there's just, just there's something that. about that phrase that bothers me. Yeah, and that was yeah. a quote from the interview. Um, he went on to say that he and Diane spent a lot of time driving around and making out in her mm. nice car. And we mumbled sweet nothing into each other's ears and told each other how much mm. we loved each other, end quote. Now, the docuseries did go on to describe Diane as a classy person, as you would partake from Bundy's own description. Um, and it also explains that Ted, who became from a less than affluent family, wanted desperately to be a part of the upper class. And Diane came from a very wealthy Californian family. So this is kind of mm-hmm. what fit what he was looking for. Now, in Anne Rule's 1980 true crime book, Ted, The Stranger Beside Me, um, it explains how Ted first met Diane in the spring of 1967 while they were both enrolled in the University of Washington. If I remember correctly, she, they mm. were both going for law degrees. Um, in her book, she wrote that he saw a woman who saw a woman who was the epitome of his dreams. So that's what he was searching for. He didn't see an individual. He was searching what he wanted for. And that. Diana was like no girl he had ever seen before, and he considered her the most sophisticated, most beautiful creature possible. This fit all kind of idols that he was looking for. And at first he was a little put off because he had said that she preferred like the jocks, and he was far from that. However, eventually they bonded over their love of skiing. As we know, where they went skiing was in Washington and Colorado and Utah. So we also know what happened there. And ultimately, he felt like she outclassed him. Yeah. So a little bit of a power struggle there. She did. Um, Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. No matter what kind of money she came from, which kind of school or anything like that, she definitely outclassed him. Um, Of course, they fell in love and Anne Rule had kind of hinted around. It's not a fact, but I kind of hinted around to the fact that Ted Bundy had lost his virginity. I, I remember hearing about that. Now, Diane was pragmatic and... She sensed that Ted was kind of wasting his time 
and he had no real plans or mm-hmm. real prospects for his future. Um, especially at the time, he was working at low-paying jobs to get through college, and he really wasn't mm. sure what his major should be. And he was back and forth on it, and that discouraged Diane. It would just it wasn't enough for her. Mm. Anne Rule had wrote in her book that consciously or unconsciously. Diane wanted her life to continue as it always had. She wanted a husband who would fit into her world in California. She just didn't believe that Ted Bundy fit that picture. So we have a man who's head over heels in love because it's benefiting himself. And we have a woman who's in love. Their love levels aren't the same. It's kind of hers like, is puppy love, and he's no. like, Mm-mm. "I'm going to marry you." Correct. Yep. Um, Diane found him to be very emotional and Which unsure of himself. But yeah, but more than that, she had a suspicion that he liked to use people, and that he would become close to people just so that he could get favors from them so he could take advantage of them and ultimately she wasn't she was not now from ted's point of view he believed that it was all just his lack of money that was the contributing factor Mm -hmm. to the end of their relationship and it also that the point they were having a relationship that was long distance Diane graduated the University of Washington in 1968 and moved to San Francisco, France, San Francisco, sorry, y'all, for a job. Mm-hmm. So that left Bundy alone. Ted went on to recount that I experienced any number of insecurities with Diane. There were occasions when I felt that she expected a great deal more from me than I could really capable of giving. I was not in any position to take her out and squire her around in the manner that she was accustomed or buy her clothing, end quote. Okay. So he made her seem in like some kind of like that she just wanted some kind of materialistic things, which was not the case. Yeah. Yeah. She kind of saw Ted for who he really was in the beginning, though it wasn't like a red flag or alarming, but she kind of saw a glimmer of that. He was very selfish. Ted said that while he and Diane were in a long distance relationship, she began writing less and he grew very fearful about what she was doing with her time. And of course, later that year, she dumped Ted and Ted was absolutely distraught because this had a, yeah, this had to do with his image. He said, I had this overwhelming feeling of rejection and he began to desire to get some sort of revenge on Diane. Now, he never acted out in any kind of like revenge towards Diane. because he loved her. And never. Mm -hmm. So... When Dr. Carlisle revealed to Ted that he had interviewed Ted, Diane, Ted 
was enraged. He was pissed, responding with kind of like, mm-hmm. how fucking dare you? Like, this was the ultimate betrayal that he went this deep. And after that, Dr. Carlisle submitted his evaluation at the end of the 90 days. And in his report to the courts, he strained that Ted had signs of a power struggle and would have relationships with many people on his terms. Ted was egocentric and was violent enough to commit the crime. And that pissed Ted off when the courts read that off. Instead, Ted had claimed that Dr. Carlisle's assessment was written to fit the crime and not to fit him, that he hadn't gotten to know the individual. Mm -hmm. It was only to write the crime. So as time went on, because this is just the beginning of Ted's crimes, um, Ted went on to represent him in court, and he escaped prison twice, and he also committed multiple more murders. And upon his final arrest and trial in Florida, Ted was sentenced to electric chair. And as we know, Ted was fearful of death, starting to bargain interviews for more time on death row and believing that Mm -hmm. he was too essential to die. And I can't stress that enough. Like, I can't tell you, like, it kind of bored me to the point how much this man believed in himself that he was just so important to study. When when you look at him and you watch the interviews, you could tell that immediately right away, you're not that important to study. I you're mean, it's really to. funny that he thinks he's so important to study for someone who also claimed innocence. Then you're nothing to study. Mm-hmm. If you're oh so innocent, you didn't do this, there's nothing to study. Well, it wasn't until he was convicted that mm-hmm. he admitted to everything. Because then now he was important to study. Because mm-hmm. now he needed a reason to live. And his reason to live was let other people you study know. him. Because he was just so important enough of a serial killer that he could stop others. But he couldn't. No. He didn't stop the Green River killer. Oh, who that's supposedly had a connection I didn't know that with. one. Yeah. He had no important values. You know, he'd be he really good to study to dead because, you Just know, like he... I like to hear about the people who like, oh, shit. Now I'm hitting the mic where they study the brain like out of the skull. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like. Oh, yeah. Well, had they, they did not try that. Damn him, it. We probably could have. Yeah, that didn't work. Yeah. 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 Makes it a little hard. Of course, while on death row, Ted went mm-hmm. on to participate in many interviews. And, of course, many psychologists at the time were eager to speak with him. We're talking about this is the 70s, almost early 80s. Of course. They were dying to speak with him. And Ted begins to talk and reveal his dark side that he Mm -hmm. calls the entity, which I mentioned earlier. And in my own opinion, I believe that Dr. Carlyle described it best. And according to Carlyle, becoming a serial killer happens in tiny steps. So we've kind of discussed a little bit about Ted. Um, I've left a lot out there because <laughs> we don't have enough time for that. But what is it that made Ted Bundy kill? And what were his patterns? So like I said earlier, this is mm-hmm. my, my own evaluation that I have researched. 
Um, I am by no means a psychologist or have a degree in psychology. This is just my research opinion of Ted's development of a violent mind. So I'm going to break this down. This is what I believe happened in tiny steps to bring us to what we know Ted okay. Bundy as now. So Ted's father being unknown Absolutely. created his eccentric ego. Ted had to become something more than just a bastard and overcome his insecurities. So that's where we see him trying to live a finer life and be something that he wasn't as many people witnessed to say mm -hmm. that that's what he was doing. Now, when Ted was younger, he was enticed by violent pornography as at a young age. Um, and by violent pornography, I mean, there was like a magazines of these like, detective murder killings that was twisted to live okay. with pornography kind of things that actually a lot of serial killers at his age actually got mm -hmm. into. I think Ed Kemper was another one that fantasized with that. But of course you have a fantasy and fantasy doesn't really have the same yeah. effect until it's called to action. So his breakup with Diane, it mm -hmm. did shatter his personality. And Ted was already a, a very insecure person. So now he needed to dominate and take revenge on Diane. However, he couldn't, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah, he, he that's, I think the, so, other than himself, I think she was the only other person she, that he ever legitimately loved. As much as a narcissism or narcissist can love somebody. Mm -hmm. He loved her. So how is he going to take revenge on her? He can't. He can't bring himself to that. But what he can do, and what he's always been doing, is use his imagination. And now his victims are Diane. That's why where you see some that are tortured and mutilated, and others afterwards, the fact are taken and care of and put to you rest. You didn't go over this with like his killing patterns, but didn't they all resemble her? In somewhat yeah. fashion, not all of them, but he yes, had a, type. a lot of them did. And they he were, if I'm remembering this correctly, yes. brown hair. They looked similar to Diane. They were actually well, very Diane was a, apparently a plain Jane. Yeah, very... um. Long mm -hmm. 70s flat iron straight hair parted down the middle. Average lady. Um, just your yeah. typical 70s chick. Yeah. Now, Ted's first homicide was not planned, as most serial killers are not. Um, but for him, it mm -hmm. triggered a needing of fulfillment. And this is what I took on by Ted that this need for fulfillment was what Ted refers to as the entity. Okay. And after Ted's first kill, it changed mm -hmm. him as most it would. But where it differs for Ted, he felt at peace immediately after the crime. And he has said this himself, but he would also later feel some remorse, but his needs were more important mm -hmm. than the lives he took. 
So he kept doing this. So once it became the habit of killing was established, he could no longer control Mm -hmm. the entity. And this piece that he felt that he so long craved for, um, it created an urge so strong he could not control. And the entity, and as the desire, it, it was fed and it grows and it becomes powerful. And ultimately, I believe he develops a split oh. personality. I feel like I've heard that before. And if you watch him, yeah, if you watch him in the yeah. interviews, you'll see it a lot. And it's very eerie once you like have that yeah. mindset and then you go back and watch the interviews. Yeah, it's I've like, heard oh, that. Shit. I've heard that theory before so, because there was like an interview. It was when he was representing himself and in the court and he was just Mr. Sway in the courtrooms and he was mm-hmm. with he was interrogating that's the word I'm looking for shit um mm-hmm. a girl who was kind of a victim of his and she wasn't playing into him and he flipped Might yeah it have been Carol I think it was Carol but mm-hmm. she knew how to mm-hmm. piss him off basically and it's by not giving him what she wanted so she kept just giving simple yeses and nos and was not explaining further and it pissed him off and instantly he flipped mm-hmm. like in front of everybody so it, it shot himself right. in the foot yeah. with that yeah i think that okay <laughs> um well i'll get to that what so Essentially, um, he fragmented the two personas, Mm -hmm. as we just discussed. One was very insecure. It was weak. It was loving. Mm -hmm. But it was deteriorating. The second was confident. It was smart, bold, powerful, aroused, and ultimately met all emotional and anger needs. It was Mm -hmm. all he had ever dreamed of. He was finally that person that he mm-hmm. wanted to be. And this second persona is created by his means of coping. And it becomes desensitized mm-hmm. as it develops and takes control. And it becomes his dominant persona. And he birthed it as a coping coping mechanism to take back his life and ultimately it was his final demise and the life that he wanted more than anything was destroyed by what he had always wanted to be he just took it way too fucking far he wanted the best of life but he wanted it to become easily And he got frustrated when it didn't come easily. And his narcissistic traits became personality that altered his actions. Mm -hmm. So I don't believe you were born a serial killer. A serial killer is birthed by relationships, histories of events, and how one responds to situations in their lives. 
And I think he just responded incorrectly Mm -hmm. at each situation. And so that's my, I guess, evaluation on Ted Bundy. He created this animal himself because he wanted so much more. It was ultimately greed that brought him Deadly down. sin. Yep. And it split his personality because still at the end of the day, he was able to still have a loving personality. Even we know with Liz, his last major relationship, who he loved mm-hmm. her daughter too. Um, still at the end of the day, he loved mm-hmm. and he cared for them. And even when he was asked if he had anything to say before being electrocuted to death, he just simply said, tell my friends and family I love them. And ultimately, he had a good side and he just lost the battle between good versus evil. Yeah. That's all it was. Yeah. He battled the good versus evil. We've got a devil and an angel on one shoulder. Which one do you choose? And he chose greed. He chose himself. He kept he kept choosing that lifestyle. Do you think he was trying to erase his past by creating a whole new him? I think so. Because Ted didn't talk a whole lot about growing up. And if he did, it was anything to contradict right. what everybody else had said. Because, I mean, being born illegitimate, a bastard back then that was just mm-hmm. oh my gosh it was still a horrible thing i mean now today kids are born with yeah parents aren't married my daughter was and it's not a big deal but but to him it was and it was something to prove that what? he was something better because you really didn't see a personality like kind of shift until I believe that he actually found out, like when he told Dr. Carlisle at the age of 13, he found out. And so then so also when he starts well, to get into also, the Also, I guess, like, not only was he an illegitimate kid, he was raised to think his mom was his sister. On top of that, like, it wasn't just more of like, oh, my mom's 16 and pregnant and mm-hmm. we're all just living at home with grandma and grandpa. It was my mom was 16 and pregnant and, oh, my mom is my sister until at a very vulnerable age of 13. I mean, 13, that's, that's, that's such a sensitive age, a very sensitive age. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying with him getting into that, like violent pornography. That's, yeah, that's a huge I, I, deal at that age. I don't think people really understand like how serious 13 is. It's not just some kid who's rebellious and bratty and, thinks you're stupid a lot can happen at that age you're transitioning into something Mm -hmm. and any little thing i feel could impact how you will be as an adult and i i do i mean if 13 is legitimately the age he found out about that and i feel like out of a lot of he's a pathological liar I mean, he's such a fucking pathological liar. There's little to anything that anybody can believe out of him. Honestly, he killed these people, denied it, and then admitted it later. And I would still question if he is actually being honest on it because he's that much of a fucking liar. But 
I don't think he would lie about that one. Other than the fact that he is a psychology major or, you know, graduate, and he does understand the concepts of psychology and being 13 and finding that information. That just clicked in my head. I can, I can tell you um, most of what I researched and what I, most of what I wrote based off of was based on his death row interviews. So being based off the death row interviews, I feel like it was a more, if you will, come to Jesus kind of moment. Like he had to atone for his sins because I don't know if anybody knew this. He was Mormon. I did not know that. Um, yes, he was raised in the Mormon church. But even though he was raised Mormon, do you think he still believed in that stuff? It's hard to tell because all I see when I look at Ted is I mm-hmm. think he believes in himself. Um, I think he worshipped this entity and ultimately just let it take over himself because that's what felt good. Like he just made all the wrong life decisions. He went with what made him feel yeah. good. But ultimately... I still think that he believed in what he was taught growing up because he feared And he probably did death. believe what he was growing up in the church if he feared death so much because what he knew what he was doing was wrong, which means he's going to hell. And that's the way mm-hmm. churches picture hell. It's a scary fucking place. Nobody wants to go there. Mm-hmm. So that would make sense. I didn't think about that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. No. I think at one point in time, he was a great, intelligent guy, but made all the wrong decisions because he decided to put himself first. Because at the end of the day, even after killing some, he felt remorse for, which is unheard Mm. of. Jeffrey Dahmer had it. Again, that's another situation that's unheard of. We can, we Maybe. can talk about that one next. But I'm very leery on that one. But there were a few out there, but I guess it is very few and far between. He Bundy was an idiot. <laughs> he was dumb. Smart. Book smart, life stupid. Very intelligent. I don't think he was life stupid. I more so think that he was he was selfish. Life stupid. And when you're selfish, it can put you in a bad situation, especially when you're personality splits. I definitely do think he had a little bit of the split personality. Now that you bring that up. Oh yeah, I definitely go back and watch the interviews. Oh yeah, there, there. You'll be convinced. I now that I can actually vividly see in the interviews. Empathy, I no, I don't recall ever, not even a smidget of empathy, because I feel that there was only towards certain people he would speak about. Hmm. It, but then, other yeah. than that, it was a tool. And see, I can see that. I can totally see that, him using empathy like he, to make him look good. Like, I really didn't mean it. 
Yes. Like he truly yes. loves Diane, but there's no empathy to show there. He truly loved Liz and I believe her daughter's name was Molly. He truly loved them both. And he had a lot of empathy for what he put them through. Like he felt horrible. So that's how you know he had a good side. I think I definitely can see. And not that this gives anybody rights to do bad shit. Everybody has a shitty upbringing. Does not mean you no. go murking people. People. So this is no excuse for Bundy and his stupidity. No, it just says that you don't always choose yourself. Your own go get help. Wants your own feelings. It's okay. It's okay, people. Yeah. It get get the help if you feel you need it. Um, if your thought of making yourself feel good and choosing yourself is murking people, you need help. Um, but I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> Totally forgot I was going to that. <laughs> oh, nope. Lost it again. Damn it. Shit. Sorry, guys. It's late. That's okay. <laughs> we had, we had technical difficulties trying to get this started. That set us back a bit. So it's kind of late. Ten Bundy's a dick. <laughs> but, you know, his mind definitely... It's intriguing. It was intriguing because he was he he was very intelligent. I mean, to convince people that he can represent himself in the situations that he did. The fact that he escaped prison twice, right? It was twice. I mean, he was twice. stupid and couldn't yeah, survive twice. out there on his own, but he did it. What did he, tried it for what a while. he get? Like two, good. three weeks? Or maybe I think it between the, it, after the first that. and the second escape. I don't know. I know he was like it was like on the mountains somewhere, and he just didn't do too good. But ultimately, he he he, and people are gonna hate me for this. He was. A good guy sent down of his own brain the wrong path and kept choosing himself over every now my every step of his life. My question it for was you. all about him. Shit, I did it again. Gosh damn it. Mm -hmm. Oh, I remember where I was going with the last thing though. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. With the whole like having a, a shitty upbringing, like doesn't mean you have rights to murk people. Um, gosh, damn it. Now I lost it again. Fuck. Anyways, my question for you, though, is with the whole um, psychology thing, you brought up psychology and um, you thought that it was scaring him. Do you think had he kept up with it? he could have actually lack of better words been saved and not gone down the route he went and he'd still be alive today no 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 that's why it scared him because he knew he couldn't choose others okay. over himself ultimately he was more important he, he didn't see him 
So you have a lot of serial yes. killers that see themselves as gods. He couldn't because he's Mormon. He didn't see himself as a god. He knew he wasn't a god, but he knew he knew he was more important than most. Okay. Well, he believed that at least. So you don't think that had he continued down the route of psychology, he would have put himself maybe in a in in a, a hospital. No, if anything, he would have used it more. So do you think if he continued down psychology, he would have been more dangerous than he really already was? I do believe so, because I do believe that he could have blocked out that good side that he had. That's an interesting thought. Hmm. He most definitely could have blocked out any kind of good that he had left in him. And had he blocked out any good that he left in him, I believe that he would have been more intelligent and taken more precaution. He could have gotten away with it longer. With his killings versus just doing it on the spree. Gotcha. Yeah. Just doing it on the spree. And... um is making himself feel good and instead this time it would be more educated that's that's a that's a good thought on there too like he would have been like a better words better at what he was doing he would have been an, and could have done it longer you yes. think okay i mean because we're just going on all opinions yes. at this point now about mr bundy every time i say bundy though i think of al <laughs> <laughs> that's why i tried to call him ted and i mean everybody bundy. calls him bundy <laughs> i mean but interesting so yeah well toasties i'd love to know your guys's thoughts and opinions on the douchebag the big old douche canoe as john z likes to say <laughs> so uh <laughs> go get on our Social medias that we've going to be on more. <laughs> it's been crazy lately. But find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikToks, all the things. Let us know your thoughts on what you think with Mr. Ted Bundy. Do you think he had a little bit of a good side that prevented him from going further than he could have? Because that's an interesting theory. That's a good debate. I'm gonna put that. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put that as a poll on our Instagram now. Cause this. This you should. I we probably we can. Put as a poll That's a good one. We add that on there too, guys. So down below, the play yeah. button will be a poll. Do you think he could be? He could have been worse had he continued down that route of psychology. I'm really curious on that. I think what scared him the most of psychology. Was it his brain that he really could have been like, shit, I could unlock a true fucking demon here. And he wanted to hold on to that good side. Or do you think he might have been able to save himself had he gone down the road of psychology? Like to know your thoughts, opinions. Because this is, it's it's Friday, almost Saturday now, guys. This is coming out on Sunday, the moment you're hearing it now. We literally recorded this a couple days ago. Um, cause we're all over the place with our crazy summer schedules, but we should be getting back on track here in the next few weeks, hopefully. <laughs> uh, life is tiring. 
But let us know your thoughts, comments, opinions on all of this, guys. On all the social medias. Toasted shenanigans. Thank you. That was, that was, that was good. I like that. I know that. I know that you were yeah. really interested in that Thank one. You. So I was I was good. I liked that a lot. That was mm-hmm. that really has me like I'm over here like pondering thought things like pondering. I feel like this could be another episode like later down the road to kind of really going on debating on these things with him. Yeah, maybe yeah, we'll feedback on it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially after you watch the interview. Maybe we'll do that as a live, guys. Stay tuned. I'd love to have a, a conversation yeah. with people on that, or even just you and I having more. I gotta, I have to go back now with this this information and like really watch. I mean, when I watch them, I'm just like, oh gosh, douche. I'm not. I don't even want to listen to you talk anymore. Also, because motherfuckers overdone. But when you come at it in this kind of perspective, mm-hmm. it definitely does make you really ponder some things. Because I'm not coming at it to listen about the murders again. Like I'm, I'm done mm-hmm. listening to the horrific things that this man has done. But yeah, now listen to that. the person. Thanks. You all go do that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, thank you again, guys, and thank you again, John Z. It was good. Absolutely. Well, until next time, you guys. Bye. Bye.